We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. Uh, today we are dipping into the Big 12 uh, to do our conference previews. Last week was the ACC. If you want to listen to that preview, check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts uh, along on the Armchair Network as well. Uh, but first, let's have a word from our sponsor over at Bet Online. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. Uh, but right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and Bet Online has the best odds or lines uh, for their upcoming games and matches. Related NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for devout gamblers to check out. Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. So visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. So, TJ, it's been a week. Uh, how are you feeling about college football this year? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you have certainly moments of optimism where it, it feels like things are really going in the right direction. Uh, you know, and then it seems like you just every, every couple of days there's, you know, program X had to shut down workouts because of, you know, this many tests that were positive. Um, and you, you just, it's going to be so difficult for teams or programs, universities, however you want to put it, um, to, to navigate this throughout the season because, you know, the NBA can try a, a bubble, which is not going to be a real bubble because there will be people that are going to come in contact with the players that come and go out of it. But still, it, it's, a, you know, the best attempt that they can have at isolation. Uh, college football programs, they, just, they can't do that. They cannot. Uh, students go to class. They go places within the community. Um, and it, it's impossible to prevent that from happening. Uh, in addition, you know, these guys are not grown adults, so they are not always going to make decisions. And that's not to say that grown adults always do make the best decisions, but, you know, they're, they're not always going to make decisions with, you know, the, the coronavirus in mind. So uh, I, I just, I worry that we could have, I think we will have a season in, in some respect. Uh, hopefully it is one that, you know, is as close to what we know and love about it uh, as possible. Uh, but I do think that there's, you know, a, a definite possibility that it's just a very compromised season where, 
you know, you have a lot of teams that are playing with skeleton crews because, you know, a number of guys have to be quarantined and miss out. Um, you know, but all we can do, I think, is, is just be positive about things and, and hope that, uh, you know, hope that this goes better than expected. Uh, I do think that the economics of the sport and what it means for athletic departments, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that schools are going to do whatever they possibly can to get as much football as possible this fall. Yeah, and it was looking like some schools would have like 25% capacity. I uh -huh. think, as you said, they'll do anything to play these games because of the TV money uh, and things like that. Um, they, I, I just have a feeling that it, it's it's going to be less than that, maybe 10%, uh, maybe just players, families, um, and, and things like that. You know, you have a semi-bubble in college just because you're on a college campus. Uh, True. And, you know, it is a 40,000-person bubble in Bloomington, uh, but you can't, you know, if you needed to, uh, you could totally isolate on, on the Bloomington campus. Uh, you have food services in there. Yeah, the restaurant industry would uh, take a hit and got to figure something out, you know, with delivery and things like that. But in theory, you could keep those 40,000 people from interacting with the outside world. And, and I think that's, you know, as a teacher, uh, looking at the public school system too, it's like, it would be so much easier if we were at a boarding school. But enough oh, yeah. of enough of COVID. Let's get into our Big 12 preview, uh, TJ. Um, Excellent. We'll go over our championship game picks, our top non-conference games, uh, or top non-conference games, top conference game, and then get into our game-by-game -game, uh, breakdown. Uh, for all of you who don't know, the Big 12 has 10 teams. Uh, they do not do divisions, but they have a championship game. So the teams that finish first and second in the conference uh, play in the championship game, and it's usually Oklahoma. Um, yep. But so my championship game pick this year is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And the mm. thing I found interesting uh, with this is that usually Oklahoma, Oklahoma State comes at the end of the year. Uh, and this year, uh, Bedlam is in October, on October 24th. So it's kind of, you know, people talk about moving the bucket game places, and you'll see it in the Big Ten. I think Iowa and Minnesota is playing in September. Um, you're seeing all these rivalry games kind of move around dates uh, as, and try and get off that Thanksgiving weekend and things like that. But Oklahoma is until somebody knocks them off, and, and this is the same thing as we said last week with Clemson, until somebody yeah. knocks them off, uh, they're – their king king dog there they've gone to the playoff for three years in a row they haven't gotten out of that first out of the semifinal um but they've gone you know they, they've gone 12 and 2 the last two years they're going to be a top 10 team uh, they have to replace Jalen Hurts at quarterback but outside of that they're, this team is loaded, and you, you have a, a quarterback coming in. And TJ, you'll talk about Oklahoma first uh, uh -huh. in more depth. Um, this team's very, very good. Then Oklahoma State, I, you know, they have Oklahoma State usually has their star players in trios. Uh, 
uh, and they, they come in, in bunches. You saw it when IU played them in the Insight Bowl uh, with Des Bryant and, and that crew. And it's, uh, it's an interesting trio. Uh, you have Chuba Hubbard this year uh, as well. You have an All-American at, at wide receiver, um, too. So the, the offense is going to be very good. And then the defense, which is usually not a thing we talk about with um, Big 12 football, uh, their defense coming back uh, is pretty good. I mean, for the Big 12, it's, you know, you have 86% returning production, which ranks them eighth in the country. So all those young guys who got thrown to the fire last year um, have experience and things like that. So I, I think Oklahoma State and their schedule works out well, too. They get Texas at home. You get West Virginia at home. So you don't have to make that stupid trip out to, to Morgantown. Um, you don't really play anybody in the non-conference slate. You get Oregon State at home, Tulsa, Western Illinois. Um, you do have to go to Oklahoma on October 24th. But because it's not divisions, you could finish one, two, and get that rematch, which I think it's going to be. So what is your championship game pick, TJ? Yeah, I went with the same. I really did go back and forth between Oklahoma State and Iowa State, uh, ultimately landing on the Cowboys. Uh, primarily, they, they host Iowa State. Um, you know, they, they get to host that game. Their schedule is quite favorable. Uh, and then – you're right. They've got that, that trio, Spencer Sanders, Tylen Wallace, and Chuba Hubbard, along with a defense that brings back, um, you know, over 80% of its production. While they're not a top-notch defense, uh, I, I do think that they're, they're pretty good. They should be better uh, than they were a year ago. Um, so I went with them. And then Oklahoma, of course, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about them now uh, as we, we get into our team previews here um and i will say as a conference i really like the big 12 uh, the only thing i don't like about it is that the big 10 rarely has any uh any involvement with the big 12 uh, hardly any games between the two schools uh, going through the schedules the only thing i saw was iowa iowa state of course uh their annual rivalry which is a lot of fun the cyhawk trophy uh, and then Maryland's playing West Virginia. Those are the only two Big Ten teams playing against the Big 12. Uh, I'd like to see that pick up a little bit, uh, at least. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a really cool league with uh, a lot of depth. And the gap between Oklahoma, you're right, it is kind of a Clemson situation. The gap between them uh, and the second, third, fourth place, I think is a lot closer uh, than it is with the, the Clemson. Uh, in the rest of the ACC. Oklahoma's been to five Big 12 title games in a row. They are a favorite for a sixth consecutive. You know, the interesting question is, can Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley win with the quarterback that they recruited out of high school? Yeah. It's been kind of guys that have transferred in there that have lit it up for them. Uh, Spencer Rattler is going to be the guy that uh, steps in. Um, if you watch the QB1 series on Netflix, uh, you will recognize that name. He was a star uh, in high school, top-rated recruit, chose Oklahoma, certainly an understandable decision, and now he gets his shot. You know, 
the one constant for Oklahoma outside of those prolific quarterbacks, and they are intertwined, is offensive line play. And Oklahoma, again, is going to have one of the best offensive lines uh, in the country. Uh, and that, that brings up, you know, their, their offense around it. Uh, that's been the, the anchor for them that often gets overlooked is how good that offense, offensive line is year in and year out. It will be, again, um, really good personnel up front there. As far as running backs go, Kennedy Brooks, pretty good RB1. Uh, real questions behind him, though. Ramondre Stevenson is suspended for the first five games. Um, and it's questionable who's going to be the backup. But true freshman Seth McGowan, big-time recruit. He's probably the guy that will step in. Of course, CeeDee Lamb gets drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, so they need some receivers to step up. They've recruited incredibly well there because, you know, receivers do, of course, want to play in that offense. I would, too, if I was a good receiver. Uh, it's, you know, you're going to put up huge numbers. So they've got some guys to step up with athleticism, with the profile you want. It's just a matter of whether or not they'll do it. Uh, I think they'll be fine offensively. Yeah, the question is going to come on defense, and can that defense in the second year under Alex Grinch, they did improve. They definitely improved during the season last year. Uh, you know, they went to number two overall in the Big 12, and now they get back 12 of the top 15 tacklers. Look, it's hard to doubt Lincoln Riley at this point uh, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. And if they've got enough of an improvement from Alex Grinch in that defense, I don't see any way that Oklahoma doesn't see themselves back in the Big 12 title game. You know, the question becomes, if Oklahoma gets back to the Big 12 title game, with a loss, and they win the Big 12, does the playoff committee continue to put them in at that four slot or the three slot, and can Oklahoma get to that next tier and win a playoff game? And I think that will come down to, we know Rattler is good. How good can he be? Can he be a major difference maker? If so, there's no reason Oklahoma can't get to that next level, but uh, you know they're going to need the defense to get to the next level for them to do so as an overall team. Yeah. Um, it's Oklahoma. It's kind of, they're kind of stuck in that. Okay. We've made the playoff. Now can we get back to a national title game? And yeah. that has good happened. place to be good place to be. It's not a bad place to be, but you've had, you know, three Heisman finalists, two Heisman winners in the last three years. And it feels like you're kind of, missing out on on the big mm -hmm. pot at the end of the rainbow uh, with Oklahoma. But speaking of missing chances, let's get to Texas. Are we back or are we not back? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's obligatory. You've got to make fun of them a little bit here. It, it's it, They were back last year, or supposed to be back last year. They ended up uh, going 8-5. and five. They played really well against LSU offensively. Uh, but uh -huh. after that, it was, um, you know, they won three in a row after that. But then you, you get a close loss against Oklahoma <laughs> where they were outgained by 200 yards. Uh, they did win the turnover battle. Then the defense kind of fell apart. Um, they let up 48 points to Kansas um, and lost to TCU, let up 37 points to a TCU team who had a true freshman quarterback. Uh, you beat Kansas State, but then you lose to Iowa State and Baylor. Um, but 
you feel really good about their bowl win over Utah. It was a good Utah team. Uh, it was probably it was the best game they had played all year. They outgained Utah by 184 yards. I, uh, but I think Tom Harmon is feeling the heat. There you've got two new coordinators mm-hmm. in uh, in Austin. You've got Mike Yursich coming in um, on offense. He's going to open it up a little bit instead of doing these dinks and dunks to slot receivers. He's going to let guys go a little bit more vertical. And then you have our old friend Chris Ash at Rutgers, uh, who is at Rutgers, <laughs> coming in for Todd Orlando at defensive coordinator. And Todd Orlando's defense, it was just so complicated. I, and this is something that we talk about at IU as well. It's yeah. Now you got good athletes. Texas has great athletes. They, they recruited better. You know, in the last five years, uh, they have an average class ranking of six in the country. So they have the best athletes in the country. Let them play. Uh, and I think that's what Chris Ash um, is going to let them do a little bit more is bring that Big Ten attitude uh, from uh, from Rutgers and, and from his time at, at Ohio State and, and kind of let his athletes play instead of, you know, just blitzing for the hell of blitzing and things like that. But Texas does you, – you get um, – you get your quarterback back. Uh, they're going to try and not uh, run him so much as, as last year. It, it's you, – you cannot let uh, Sam Ellinger, Ellinger get hurt. He, I think he ran mm-hmm. the ball 150 times last year. Uh, he's been labeled more of a running back who's playing quarterback, uh, but he could throw the ball as well. And, you know, we'll see. Uh your wide receivers, you got again, it's a top six class the last five years. You've got the athletes. Um, they need to improve on defense. Their pass defense was ranked 127th in the country last year. They let up 432 yards per game. Uh, they return a lot of guys, 82% of their defense, which is 13th, uh, 13th nationally. But it's time to, you know, put it all together for Texas. Their schedule is kind of difficult. Um, you got to go you, – you get Oklahoma and the Red River rivalry on a neutral site. Uh, but you've got to – you got LSU on September 12th, and you got to go into Death Valley, even though LSU – there's no possible way LSU is going to be as good as they were last year on offense. Uh, you got a tough trip to Kansas State, and you got to you end the season at Oklahoma State. I had I flip flopped between Oklahoma State and Texas in the Big Twelve title game, uh, but I think it comes down to that last game against Oklahoma State, and it's on the road against an explosive offense. So, um, so we'll see. And it's uh, Tom Herman's got to get the job done. All right, TJ, uh, where are we going next? Well, uh, let's go to Iowa State. I'm going to go to Ames, Iowa. Um, interesting team last year. You'll hear it often. You know, best 7-16 and 16 there's ever been, this and that. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, debate that one way or the other. But, you know, they were seven points away from being 10-2. and two. 
Uh, Matt Campbell is clearly building a really good program there. And I just think it's a matter of time before they break through. Um, you know, we, we've heard as IU fans, you know, we know all about close losses and, you know, it, the, the saying that, you know, oh, well, you know, you turn those close losses into close wins and then the, the close wins into big wins and, you know, that progression, well, it, it can take a while. So I'm not saying it's automatic that that turns around for the Cyclones this year, but I really like this team. I really, really like it. Um, Brock Purdy, good quarterback, uh, young running back Brees Hall, who came on at the end of last year, second half of the year. Uh, Jarrell Brock, who's a, a bigger back, again, young, really good backfield for them that should be good for a couple of years. Uh, maybe the best tight end group in the country. Charlie Kohler uh, and Chase Allen are both all Big 12 types. And Kohler, probably an All-American uh, if he stays healthy. Um, the receiver group, good enough. You know, the offensive line's the question, though. Uh, they lose three starters, uh, and the unit wasn't great last year. So, you know, that's a question mark for sure. They've got to get that going. Um Campbell had good offensive lines at Toledo, so I would think he'd be able to get that fixed, but we'll see. That is the biggest question mark for them. The defense, I think, is going to be the best defense in the Big 12. Um, you know, they were good last year, and they've got a lot back. The linebackers are good. The scheme is kind of similar to Indiana's 4-2-5, uh, where they do play with five defensive backs. It's always an extra safety for them, uh, a little bit more bent on the pass coverage side of things and Indiana has to be in the big 10. Um, but it, it is a similar personnel grouping to what IU plays. So fans will recognize that uh, the concerns, the road schedule though, they're at Iowa, Oklahoma state, TCU and Texas. Then they've got the home game to Oklahoma. Uh, for me, it just came down to, uh, I think that they're right there with the Cowboys but they have to go to Stillwater. So I took Oklahoma State uh, to get there. But I think Iowa State's a really good program on the rise right now. Uh, and as long as Matt Campbell stays there, they're going to be a force in the Big 12. Yeah, and it seems like another missed opportunity, you know, with a, a veteran quarterback and, and things like that. You know, people have been saying that Iowa State's kind of the sleeper in that conference. Uh, for a while, but yeah. let's go to Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Uh, it's going to be a real interesting season, just off the field stuff with Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy. But on the field, they are they're very good, and they're ready to. I think they're ready to take that next step. Uh, they went eight and five last year, lost some bowl game to Texas A and M. Uh, their, their losses were Oklahoma, Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech. Uh, they beat West Virginia, Kansas, TCU, Iowa State, Kansas State, and then Tulsa, McNeese State, and Oregon State in the non-conference. Uh, but they they ended the season with two losses. Their Gundy is, I think, 2-14 and 14 or 2-13 and 13 against Oklahoma. It's time to, like, get over that hump if you're Oklahoma State. Yeah. So you get – Sanders back, you get um, Chuba Hubbard back, uh, and, and he could have gone to the NFL. He led every long yard rushing 
rushing um, category. Uh, last year, he rushed for two, uh, 2,094 yards, so he had the most 20-yard runs, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and 90. Um, so, you know, he'll be on the short list for the Heisman, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where they go. Sanders got to take take care of the ball at quarterback. He turns the ball over way too much. He needs to stay healthy as well. Uh, but their offense averaged 32 and a half points per game last year. Uh, they just need to, to fix that offensive line a little bit. They, they gave up seven, uh, 7% sacks uh, on their sack rate, which is 78th in the country. They're, Touchdown interception radio ratio was 1.9 to one, which ranked 74th. And their passing offense was just ranked 71st. So that on offenses needs to be taken care of. Their pass defense and in a pass-heavy league like um, like the Big 12, they ranked 102nd nationally. Uh, all the rest is kind of in the middle of the road at 26.8 points per game. But their defense is eighth in returning production. Uh, they bring they, – they do lose uh, A.J. Green in the secondary, but you get uh, Radarius Williams turned down the draft, come back. Uh, Colby Har- um, Harvell Peel is coming back. So you, you got some guys back. It's what do you do with these – young players and, t- and turn it around. It seems like every time Oklahoma State is ready to take that next step, something happens. Uh, so we'll see. It- it's going to rest on their defense. Uh, they need to fix their offensive line, uh, but they have a shot at Oklahoma. They'll-, they'll have their shot at Oklahoma. They do have to travel to Oklahoma. Um, they play three road games in four weeks, starting at TCU. Then you have Iowa State at home, at Kansas, at Oklahoma. It's just a lot of road games in the month of October for them. Uh, and then you end the year with Texas at home. If you could get into a position where you can clinch a Big 12 title game spot, they'll be, they'll be okay. Um, and I think getting Texas at home. If Texas doesn't live up to expectations, I think it will go off the rails quickly, especially changing both coordinators. Uh, so that's where, uh, that's Oklahoma State for you. They, they, it's offense, offense, offense. If their defense is, is between medium to, to good, they're going to be a national contender. So, all right, where are we going next, TJ? We'll go to Waco, Texas, the Baylor Bears. Uh, very, very good turnaround from Matt Rule, uh, getting that program to 11 wins in a you know a snap, really. I mean, he did a tremendous job and then was rewarded with a job for the Carolina Panthers in the NFL. Uh, so Baylor turns to Dave Aranda, which is a very interesting hire. Um, I think it'll prove to be a pretty good hire. Dave Aranda, known as one of the sharpest defensive minds in football, uh, former D.C. at Wisconsin, former D.C. at LSU last year, of course, winning a national championship with the Tigers. Um, You know, the 2019 defense was the Big 12's best. 
for the Bears, and they don't really have any glaring weaknesses on their team. However, I don't really see any glare or any noticeable strengths coming back either. Uh, it's definitely going to be kind of a reset button for Baylor um, in terms of personnel and in terms of their, their overall scheme. Uh, I, I do think that Larry Fedora was a really good hire as an offensive coordinator. I don't want that guy as my head coach, but I think as an OC, that's a good hire. Charlie Brewer, very solid quarterback. Uh, he'll need to stay healthy. He runs too much, but they'll, they'll need him to do that. Um, Tyquan Thornton is going to have to step in for Denzel Mims at wide receiver. Uh, and the offensive line has got to be better. It was not a strength last year, and it, it really needs to be a lot better uh, to keep Brewer healthy. He's only played um, – I don't – well, I don't have exactly how many games he played in front of me, but Charlie Brewer has got to stay healthy because there's not really a security blanket behind him. Uh, you know, they were fortunate last season. Them and Iowa State definitely could have flipped seasons – uh, Baylor probably was realistically about a nine-win team in terms of overall quality, but they got to 11 because they found a way to win those close games. Uh, that typically doesn't keep continuing, but we'll see. Uh, they do play at Oklahoma, at Texas, at Iowa State, neutral against Ole Miss and the lane train. Uh, it's a tough schedule. I think they'll go bowling, but they are not going to sniff the 11 wins that they had last year. And look, I, I like the Baylor program under Aranda, the future of it. Uh, I think it was incredible what Matt Rule did. But the Big 12 is such in the middle, uh, really, after Oklahoma. You can't like everybody. You know, teams I – mean, you could have a lot of teams go four and five and five and four. I think that's very much on the table. Yeah, it, it could be bunched up uh, again like they were last year. Let's yeah. go uh, back down to Fort Worth. For TCU, TCU missed a bowl game for the first time in a long time. Uh, despite beating Purdue. Got to throw that in there. Despite beating Purdue. Uh, you had freshman quarterback Max, Max Duggan. Their offense was pretty awful um, last year. They, they weren't explosive. They were 111th in the country in, in explosive pass plays. Their quarterback rating – uh, ranked 116th, their yards per attempt was 113th, their TD to interception ratio was 102nd, uh, yards per play was 92nd. They had a decent running game. Uh, they averaged 204 yards per uh, per game, which ranked 29th, 4.8 yards per carry. Um, they did a lot of stuff on first down. On first, when they ran the ball on first down, it was five and a half, uh, five point two yards per carry. Um, they had an explosive run game. When you could get, and a lot of people focus on third downs, and but when you could get five, five or so yards running the ball on first down, it makes the game so much easier uh, on, on offense. It's so much more difficult on on defense. So uh, Max Duggan is back. He needs to improve. Uh, to get this team back to back to a bowl game, they kind of have been on a downward trend in since 2017. They went uh, they went 11 and, and three in 2017. In 2018, they went seven and uh, seven and six, and last year they went five and seven. So it's you know. Can Gary Patterson work his magic that he's worked there before? 
it's going to be your typical Texas Christian rely on the defense, which was, uh, you know, 27th in the nation against the pass, 39th against the run, solid defense. If the offense wasn't horrible, they'd be, um, they'd be really set. The, the schedule is pretty manageable. You, you do have to open at Cal, but then you get Prairie View A&M at SMU, who beat TCU last year in, in a rivalry game. Uh, and then you get Oklahoma State at home. You get Oklahoma at home, and you get Iowa State at home. So you get, the you know, three out of the big four at home. You have to go to Texas, and then you end the season at Kansas. So another – Another there, there's another example of a rivalry game that is no longer on Thanksgiving weekend, but it, it's it's all about improving the offense. If this offense can improve, um, then TCU's could make some noise, and, and there there were always a tough defense and, and things like that. So we'll see if Max Duggan could have a better sophomore year than he did a uh, freshman year. So. TJ, we're going to take our ad break uh, and another update from from Bet Online. So, the sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. We also had horse racing last Saturday in the Belmont Stakes, and Bet Online has the best odds lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL. NBA and UFC happening live every day for devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. All right, TJ, take us to the back half of the Big 12. Yep, we'll head to the Little Apple. Uh, Kansas State surprised nearly everybody last year with an 8-4 and four campaign in, in Chris Kleeman's first season. Uh, you know, it's fair to call that a success, a rousing success in his first year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not – I was surprised they went 8-4, and four, but I'm not surprised that he's doing a good job there. And, you know, that's what happens when you hire a proven winner and bring him into a stable culture – like Kansas State and Bill Snyder's program. Um, Skyver Thompson's back on offense. He's solid, uh, kind of an interesting offense. It's really built around Skyver Thompson and his legs. A uh, bit of a, you know, use your quarterback as a bowling ball, if you will. That's uh, hard to do. It's hard to do well, but it does allow them to control the clock, control the tempo, and it's different to prepare for in the Big 12 especially, uh, because they're, they're not like any other team that you play in that conference. Um, the biggest concern is the offensive line. They've got to replace five starters. The only guy back is Josh Rivas, who plays kind of a swing position where he plays all over the line. Uh, he's an important piece to have back, but still, that's a lot to replace. Uh, the skill positions have to restart as well as they lose top two rushers uh, and a top receiver. So, um, it's going to be a lot on Skyler Thompson's uh, shoulders for sure. Uh, it helps their defense to control that uh, tempo, really kills the clock, makes it a shorter game. The linebackers are really good. The defensive line is pretty good. Uh, the secondary is, is okay. And the schedule is actually 
not bad as far as Big 12 schedules go. I like Chris Kleeman long-term, but it's going to be a rough year for them. Uh, I think getting to a bowl game would be a success uh, and keep momentum building for them. Um, they need a couple things to go their way and some toss-up matchups. Uh, but I, I guarantee you they'll get somebody. Uh, they'll get somebody they're not supposed to because of the way they play uh, and how hard that team typically plays. It's They'll get somebody. Let's head over to Morgantown for West Virginia. Mm. They're rebuilding, uh, coming off a 5-7 and seven season uh, and, and things like that. So uh, – it's Troy Brown's second year. Their offense was absolutely dreadful last year. Uh, they need to they need to to pick that up. They ranked 116th on offense. The only categories where they were above 90 were passing offense at 249 yards per game and sacks um, sacks sack rate, which they ranked 27. Outside of that, everything was is 90 or below in the ratings. If they can't, um, if they can't get their offense together, it's going to be a long year for them uh, to rebuild their defense, improve, or yeah, their defense improved a little bit. They were still awful on the backside in the passing game. Uh, they did okay at, at um, negating the explosive run games, but you know, five of the top 11 defensive backs are gone. You lose a couple Big 12, all Big 12 players as well. It's just, it's a tough, it's a tough place to play, to coach and win at when the previous coach was already out the door. And Dana Holgerson uh, saw the writing on the wall and, and bolted. Um, but I think it, it might be a little bit of a stretch to say that that um, West Virginia is going to go to a bowl game this year. Just if you look at their schedule, you open at Florida State, which could be a, uh, a, um, a neutral site game. We'll see what they do with those. You get Eastern Kentucky. You host Maryland. You get Kansas State at home. You do have to go to Texas, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. So it's a very uh, – it's not a manageable schedule. You got to make sure you go three and zero. Make sure you go three and zero in the non-conference, and you have to, you know, beat Kansas at beat Kansas at home, beat Kansas State at home, and then hope for an upset. Um, you know, we'll we'll see where where they go from there, uh, and then finally, T, I think TJ, you'll have. Um, you'll have Texas Tech. Take us out to Lubbock for Texas Tech. And I got you. Got to unmute yourself. Nope. Sorry about that, everybody. No uh, the Texas Tech. Uh, another culture change here going with a uh, second year head coach, Matt Wells brought him over from Utah state. Um, definitely an interesting fit. So long Texas tech was the, the air raid of Mike Leach and Cliff Kingsbury 
Uh, Matt Wells, not shy to go with the pass. Uh, however, certainly more defensive-oriented, more running-oriented. Uh, Texas Tech, however, does still have that personnel, which skews towards passing. So, you know, they're not going to completely change that, but it is going to be more of a, a run-focused game. Uh, they return Alan Bowman. He's only played in 11 games over two seasons. When he plays, he's pretty good. Uh, I think maybe, you know, gets a little bit too much credit for a small sample size of work, but um, you know, over two seasons, he's played 11 games. The receivers are okay. TJ Vasher is, is very good. He's got the talent to be an all Big 12 guy, but uh, according to Big 12 scouting reports, he struggles with kind of the routine plays while making the spectacular. He needs to be more consistent. Uh, uh, Roderick Thompson is a young running back that runs really hard, uh, fits what Matt Wells wants to do on offense kind of a smash melts running back, if you will. But the offensive line's got to help them out. Uh, they have to replace both tackles and the starting guard. So starting uh, three new offensive linemen on a, a team that struggled to protect the quarterback, that's a big concern. Now, the defense last year was in the 80s nationally in terms of scoring. That was still their best that they've had in over a decade. So it tells you how bad the defense has been for a long time in Lubbock. Uh, Matt Wells will get that turned around. It's slowly improving, but for now, the Big 12 schedule is really tough, and for them, they have to get better against the pass uh, in order to show some progress in the win-loss department. Six wins is possible, uh, much like Kansas State, much like West Virginia. They're right there in that tier. Um, of that group of teams, I'd put Kansas State kind of as the top one. Uh, I think Texas Tech is going to need some some assistance to get to a bowl game. But, uh, you know, we, we mentioned these different second-year coaches, and you kind of like the general direction they might be going, but not all of them are going to be able to succeed, uh, and maybe only one of them will. So it's kind of a battle to see which of those can uh, progress out of that bottom tier. Speaking of the bottom tier, let's go over yeah. to Lawrence and talk about Kansas and the Jayhawks. Um, Pick six previews has them as the 64th out of 65 or 66 uh, power five teams uh, for, for them. They went three and nine last year. They did finally beat a, uh, they finally, you know, won some games, had some talent. They beat Texas Tech, Boston College, and Indiana State. Uh, the, the guy to know here is Puka Williams. Uh, if you don't know who, who Puka Williams is, you've got to watch some Kansas football. He's their running back. He was outstanding last year. He's definitely going to be an NFL pick um, this year. But outside of that, there's a lot of work to do for, for Kansas. They ranked near the bottom in every category defensively, and they ranked near the bottom in every category offensively. Mm -hmm. So it's just we'll see what Les Miles could do if he could breathe some life into that um, into that into that program again. But they they made a coordinator change in the middle of last year. It turned out pretty well. There's a lot of roster turnover for a program that has that much turnover, missing spring practice and and having everything canceled 
stinks. Their roster talent over the last five years ranked 64th uh, nationally and things like that. But you, you look at their, their schedule, you get New Hampshire, that should be a win. You do have to have an early conference game at Baylor, which could set the tone for either team. Baylor just lost their, their head coach as well. So, you know, we'll see there. Boston College, new coach, comes to, to Lawrence this year. Revenge game for the Eagles. Uh, then you get Coastal Carolina at Coastal Carolina. So you're hoping that you're 2-2 two and two going into um, to, to Iowa State. And then you get and the rivalry game against Kansas State on October 10th. Again, another rivalry game that is not on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. You get Oklahoma State at home at West Virginia, your open week. And then you end with Texas at home at Texas Tech at Oklahoma and TCU at home. So it's going to be a long season for Kansas. And you, you have your um, you have your, your basketball problems as well that, that might flare up. But it's, it's a long rebuild for, for Kansas uh, who just they, – they went – 0-12 in 2015, 2-10 in 2016, 1-11 in 2017, and then 3-9 the last few years. So that does it for our Big 12 preview, TJ. What games are what games are, are you watching out for? I know my, my games to watch uh, this year, my top non-conference game is, is Texas at LSU on September 12th. And my top conference game is Oklahoma State at Oklahoma on October 24th with a potential rematch in the Big 12 uh, title game. Uh, TJ, you could go ahead and unmute yourself as well. And then we could get our your your picks too, and we'll close it out. Yep, I agree with those. I would go uh, throw in uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Stillwater uh, as I've got that as, you know, going to decide that second um, second Big 12 title game participant. But uh, those games definitely – there's not a ton of good non-conference stuff in the Big 12, uh, which is too bad. But if, if you're a Big 10 fan you only watch Big 10 football, uh, you know, give a peek on these Big 12 games. There's a lot of them on FS1. Uh, they've got a good deal with FS1 and quite a few on um, ESPN ABC as well. Uh, give them a look. It's a much different style than you see in the Big Ten. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a good league. A lot of schools close to each other, uh, with the exception of the Kansas schools plus West Virginia. Um, and and I, just, I think it's a really fun league with a lot of teams bunched close together. So I'm excited for it, and I, I think it's going to be a, a good one to follow. Yeah, it should be a, a good league to follow. Lots of uh, competitive teams, especially in that middle tier outside mm -hmm. of Oklahoma. And, and don't be surprised if you see an upset or upset or two in the conference as well. All right, yeah. TJ, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, we'll let you get back to moving. And congratulations oh, yeah. on the new house and good luck moving. Yeah, thank you. In a couple of weeks, uh, be coming to you from a, a little bit different space. I'll have a little bit better setup for the podcast. So 
uh, I'm excited for that. And uh, just hopefully we can get some positive momentum towards the college football season. And, um, you know, best of luck to everybody out there. Stay safe. And thanks for listening. Awesome. Uh, thanks, TJ, for joining us. We'll be back next week with uh, our Pac-12 preview. Uh, but right now we have a final word from Armchair. Armchair's, uh, Armchair All-Americans is doing a scholarship fund. Um, it, it is uh, follow, following the senseless murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Arbery uh, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, and countless other Black community members at the hands of police officers. Uh, we want to ensure we do what we can to make a tangible impact on those communities as we grow. Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring Black creatives, so content creators. Uh, if you've ever been dismissed as having an unrealistic career path, if you've ever been, uh, if you've ever butted heads with parents, teachers, because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do in your life, if you have feared to express yourself or put your work into the world due to potential backlash, we strong, strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to college collegiate testing or who did not have access to the financial means to pay for college. This is why uh, there are only three requirements for eligibility. Um, a black creative, you're under the age of 21, and you submit a project, which could be a graphic design, uh, photograph, writing, audio, video, journalism, creative writing, et cetera, et cetera to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. Um, awesome job by Armchair there. That does it for our podcast today. You can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as the Armchair Media uh, Network. You could follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we have our Facebook page as well. It's uh, facebook.com slash the Hoosier Huddle official. Um, and then come back to HoosierHuddle.com. We're slowly creeping towards the college football season. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's still a fluid situation right now. Uh, in, it, it looks like it's proceeding as, as planned, as scheduled. And that's how we're moving forward is uh, until we are told otherwise, uh, it is going to be uh, business as usual outside of expecting fans and stadiums. Uh, but keep it tuned to us for all the latest on your COVID updates for college football and all that stuff. So thank you for joining us on this Monday evening uh, as summer has officially began. And we'll be back next week to talk Pac-12 football. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. 
a performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 